We are shows what you know We'll always watch TV And if you think we can't We'll watch more and you'll see That's why the people of the web Believe in Jim from Las Vegas And Jacob from Sweden There's no season like pilot season on Amazon, not the river. No, it's the website. They do pilots now because that's the world we're in. They don't just sell books. They don't just sell lots of shit. They also sell entertainment down your throat. And we love it. Welcome to Shows What You Know, where we're going to review all the latest Amazon pilots for the March 2017 season. My name is Jacob Burrows. Tis the season, and my name is Jim Scampoli. Oh, the festive, the festive season of pilot season. Oh, it's all the new shows that you get to judge and look at, and some, that's something that someone's worked on for a long time, trying years. to get into motion. Years even. P- perhaps their dream vanity project, and you get to watch it, and in the span of an hour be like, hmm, I don't quite know about this one. Meh, I say. That's the sound of jingling bells, holiday uh, pilot season bells. They go meh, 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 meh. Uh, Yes. Life's work down the drain. Actually, uh, I'm more positive this time around. I mean, we did an episode. If you're avid listeners, you can dig up our episode on the summer pilots from last year where there were three. I believe all of them were greenlit. Is that right? Uh, Yes, I believe so. I believe all of those were picked up. Mm, so that was the Tick uh, superhero who's a Tick, and it was uh, I Heart Dick, and it was John claude Van Johnson, which was our favorite, and they all got picked up. Now, those were all comedies. This is more of a mixed bag, would you say? Yes, yes. It's a bit more eclectic mix. I don't know if I'm, um, I don't know if I'm uh, quite as satisfied. Uh, although, maybe it was just because there's more, so it was mm-hmm. like more to get through. Oh yeah, uh, but I, I definitely did like the the mixed bag here. I like that it was a few different things going on uh, and and pretty different. Mm-hmm. That's true. Now, last time we did count down and we did try to see: are we in agreement about which is the top, which is the bottom? I'll be honest; I haven't really arranged them, but I have one clear winner in my mind. Uh, don't know about you. What do you? Th- should we do anything should, like that? Well, should we just say? What we thought was the the least best, and what was the best? I don't know. Oh, least best. That's more of a competition. Uh, <laughs> uh, Not for me. There's a clear. There's a clear least best to me. All right. All right. That's interesting. Um, okay, I need to think for a moment. Uh, least best. Okay, just tell. Okay, no, I have to pick one before you say it. Otherwise, I will be swayed. I'm just a weak Swede. I, I go with wherever the wind blows. <laughs> yeah, you need to have one. Have one in the chamber. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Okay. I'm gonna... I've... Uh, I've... Uh, okay, I've decided. You okay. go. Are yeah. you ready? Yes. So we'll, what, do a three, two, one? Yes. All right. Three, two, one... The, the new, new VIPs. VIPs. Yes. Yeah. yeah. To yeah. me, that's clearly the worst one. Yeah. Okay. Especially so, in the fact that I don't think I liked it at all. <laughs> that will be uh, a factor. I like how we entered this, or I did, like, we're going to be more positive. Let's talk about what we hate first. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess it kind of works that way. And, and um, uh, like, I could see, like, it's not a show that, like, 
I hate hate, but it's just something I wouldn't watch. Yeah, you didn't laugh, I assume. Yeah, no, no, I didn't laugh. I didn't really like the, um, I didn't like the style or the comedy. So <laughs> this is two of the big <laughs> yeah. things. So do you have a summary of what it's about for our viewers who don't know? Ah, uh, yes, the new VIPs. Uh, let me see. That's this one here. Uh, yeah, they don't give you much. Uh, a group of low-level employees take control of a major corporation after accidentally killing their boss. So is um, they don't give you much. Was that your comment or was that the tagline? Because it could be either. <laughs> well, it's weird because uh, like some of the other ones have like these big paragraphs about what it is. Right. Uh, I mean, I guess this is a comedy, so it's just it's a very standard. Um, I mean, not standard, but very like light plot so to let the jokes go. Oh yeah. Um, I think the the one joke I liked, I did like the uh, they had this joke where the driver keeps trying to talk to them and they don't want to talk to him. Mm-hmm. And and then he like he's like a recurring bit where then he's like I'm sorry I was trying to talk all that other time I got a sign now no talking but he's still trying to talk about like his daughter and <laughs> and they have to roll the thing up uh, the divider up or whatever and he doesn't enjoy yeah. it yeah but that's um, that's happening as they're hilariously going to dump the body of their boss which I suppose yeah. is like the that it it felt like it was the plot of the first episode only but i guess it's like the meaning of the name the new vips hey we're the new bosses in town because because the boss we replaced the boss yes they do kill accidentally kind of the boss and they replace him with the security guard who's done plastic surgery to look like him that's the plot of this episode and it doesn't yes. feel like an overarching type of uh eight seasons type plot i don't know i mean it's it is supposed to as you say to let the jokes shine through but i had a similar reaction of even when there were some things where i was like oh that's kind of funny i wasn't sitting there laughing and i don't know yeah. if it's partially because it's animated did we say that it's animated oh yes this is <laughs> animated and I, I that's what i meant by style i didn't really yeah. like the animation style Mm-hmm. And in a way, it, I mean, even though it wasn't Family Guy, it felt like it was kind of going for like that type of comedy, yeah. I guess. Yeah, like it, a more gray Family Guy, I wrote. Yes. Okay. All right. So, yeah, I wasn't sure if that was just me making that up, but um, it's weird because I, you know, I kind of feel bad because I, I like comedy. So, I want something that's trying to be funny to be good. I don't want to like <laughs> shit on it. And I know it's hard especially to do, like, a first episode of something. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if anything, it shows that with this show, like, anything can happen, which is cool. Like, you can have something crazy going on, and, you True. know, it's just... But the, the animation the, also makes that feel a bit detached. Like, if it was yeah. real life, it might actually be more interesting than... Because it, it does feel like it doesn't real. It's not really happening, especially with the style, which isn't super... I mean, to me, the whole show could be summarized by saying it felt like something someone did on YouTube, like one person animated the whole thing, and that would be impressive and funny, like if one person put it all together. But as far as like setting the bar pretty high with these other shows, uh, it's tough to compete. Totally. Yeah, I agree. Um, And the jokes felt to me very first draft jokes. Uh, That could just be be me being like a snob or something, but... The jokes, they just felt very like, let's get this script done. And then they never went back and like tried to fix the jokes, really. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the only one I really made note of, and it's, I know this is like a nitpicky thing and it was, it's kind of stupid. Like, there's a thing where, I mean, the boss is a dick, but uh, he ends up having like a heart attack and dies while he's pissing on them. 
and they're like, you know, fighting him back, and he's smacking his dick, and like some of that stuff's kind of funny. So then they're trying to hide. They they're like, we got to hide the body, and then we'll be the new bosses. Like they come up with their plan, <clears throat> and so they go to Ray Ray Liotta, and you know that's the joke because it's like you know he was in Goodfellas, yeah. But then, and maybe th this is probably part of the joke, but I didn't like this part of the joke. He kept, his references were not accurate. Like, he kept doing, like, Godfather references or, like, Joe Pesci from, God, from Goodfellas references. Yeah. And I know that's not the point, but it's kind of like, it's like, say you had Mark Hamill, and then he keeps saying, like, live long and prosper. I mean, I guess maybe that's the goof, but I don't like that goof. I'd rather, I mean, I'd rather have it if you're going to do the joke, like, oh, he was, he's an actor that's been in mob movies. But he knows mob stuff because of the movies. I'd at least rather have it be like somewhat, you know, with the actual character, I guess. Yeah. And I know this is like a stupid thing to look at, but it just came across as more like, like I said, kind of first draft. Like, OK, we'll fill these in later. Just put in some random shit and then we'll come back to it. And then they never did. Mm, yeah. Uh, the joke was that they thought, hey, this guy will know how to dump a body because he's in these movies. But then he also thought that. And he thought he was that person, but he wasn't. And then I guess they killed him or something. Uh, put well, him in they, the river too. I don't yeah, know. they dumped him, but then he showed up at the end. Oh yeah, and that's kind of like what it ended on. It's like it's great when it feels like anything can happen in a show, uh, but it's also like it doesn't feel like anything has any consequences. It it totally is dependent on whether you think the jokes are funny, and I thought some of them were, but. Yeah, I, I think we I think we pretty much covered the new VIPs. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, there's definitely if, if like I wouldn't be surprised if the show got picked up and it ended up being good. You know what I mean? Like I'm not yeah, saying yeah. like this is gonna be terrible. Exactly. But uh, I didn't think it was a great first episode, and just based basing on the humor, because you're not really uh, tuning into this to for some like like you said some overarching plot. It's to see what the jokes are going to be like and what the comedy is going to be like. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that could all be fixed down the line. So it, I could totally see where it could be a show that was good. Right. So now do we ping pong up and talk about the best show or do we keep going upwards slowly towards that? Um, let's see. I guess let's see if we're in line with, okay. say, the next thing. And all then, right. I mean, then we could choose what to cover depending on if we're split or whatever. Yeah, makes sense. Okay, so the the uh, for those not in the know, there's six. Yeah, no, uh, five. five. There's five, five of so these. We, one Could down, six. Yeah, yeah. So the fourth best one. Uh, I and have see, well, uh, see like that, that's how positive we're being. We're not saying worse. We're saying like <laughs> yeah. the fourth best. Yeah, because I feel like that with these. Uh, some I'm yeah. more excited about, and I look forward to getting to those. But right, so could should you count we do it down? A, yeah. All right. Ready? Fourth best. Yes. Three, two, one. Budding, Budding prospects. prospects. Ooh, yeah. we're still in line. <laughs> yeah, two for two. Budding prospects is like a weed comedy, but it takes place in the eighties. I feel weird saying that weed comedy is that a genre? I suppose. Uh, and basically, like a like a stone like stoner comedy kind right. of. Yeah. That's more hip. That sounds better. Uh, it takes place in the 80s. It's based on a novel by a guy who wrote it. Uh, in, it takes place in, in, in that time, so to speak. I guess it's a period piece now because we're going back. Uh, it feels like several of these pilots were like, let's take A and mash it up with B. And this is like 
Everyone likes the the 80s. Look at Stranger Things. Not that there's a lot of 80s stuff in it, but yeah. well, we can dress them up like it's the 80s, but we can make like a Seth Rogen movie without Seth Rogen. We can just pay less people, you know. Yeah, lesser, lesser important people. Yes, I lesser mean, people. <clears throat> the IMD breakdown is just, uh, just another one that's pretty short and sweet. A group of friends leave San Francisco in 1983 to start their own marijuana enterprise out in the country. I'm going to grow cannabis sativa, 2,000 plants, and I want you to farm my land. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Some of my issues with this one, uh, it was very similar. Like, some of the humor was good, but um, for only a 30-minute pilot... It was very slow, and um, but it didn't yeah. feel it didn't feel like it was slow because they were developing the characters. It was just kind of like I don't know. I couldn't really nail it. It and you know it's all kind of like our main character is like a divorced bartender, and he has like a shit day that we see at the beginning. So he quits his job. We find out that his ex-wife sleeps on his couch and is kind of like annoying but he just deals with it and then he's got his buddy with him and you know yeah they kind of luck into this this seemingly like offer you can't refuse to go and farm some weed out in the country and you know there you go i like that his buddy had a weird uh avant-garde art uh thing where he built huge robots that killed, I did like destroyed that. each other and stuff but i i also feel like that's not gonna come up ever again in the show it was just kind of a fun thing that they blew half the budget on i assume yeah uh, it was it was like a socio-political art exhibition now i that's one of the things i feel feel like maybe maybe i was missing because it felt like there was probably a lot of in jokes about san francisco Mm-hmm. Because I I have been to San Francisco and I do know like the mission is a part of the like that's a part of the city or whatever and they the kept mission. talking about the, yeah that's where they were t- that's where the neighborhood they were in oh, it was the okay. mission and I think they were making jokes like if you live there because they're like you know how it's 1983 and they're probably like there's not oh, yeah. gonna be coffee shops like <laughs> shit yeah. like that but that kind of sucks because <laughs> and they also there was they also had one that was. You know, what should we invest in? Oh, this was kind of funny. Like, what should we invest in? You know someone's going to say computers, and someone yeah. does. But then they bring up Cabbage, Back, Cabbage Patch Kids and Troll Dolls. That's still funny, though. Yeah. But it, there was really no reason for this to be in the 80s. I guess the book was in the 80s. Yeah. But, yeah. but based on the pilot, especially because it takes place in the 80s, but it has this the 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 tone of a lot of modern sh- modern comedy shows have now where it's very dry and hip yes and even them dressed as the 80s it could totally just without like cars and stuff around them being 80s it could totally just be you know master of none or the or girls or whatever you know cool hip comedy show is out these days because it's this like it, they just look like hipsters. Of yeah, now, I think I know? just forgot that it was in the eighties <laughs> for most of this, uh, to be honest. Until they were like, "Oh, you know what's going to be big in ten years?" And someone mentions computers inevitably, yeah. and it's hilarious, of course. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, the the I th- I felt this was like decent enough, uh, but it also wasn't like 
laughing that much here either kind of it felt yeah. almost more like a it, it was entertaining it wasn't funny necessarily but uh the thing you said i think is pretty vital as well that they did they weren't in a hurry to do it they had scenes that were just hanging out and it was mm-hmm. felt like they were telling us that this is what the show's gonna be they're gonna hang out and like even if the cops show up and it's a big dramatic thing when they're eventually growing weed because the show i mean the pilot ep- ends with them leaving to go and start growing growing weed so not a lot of stuff happening really except for them getting the offer and deciding to do it and we get to know the characters but it felt like even if, if like in the season finale it's like oh the cops are gonna come we're gonna have to do something and then it's like oh we solve it by smoking weed with the cops or i don't know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> something yeah, like yeah. that yeah it just um it was like it, i'm just kind of tired of this the of the tone they were mm-hmm. doing um, and that's why it felt bizarre to me that it was in the eighties because it just felt very much like a lot of comedies now. Um, because it's always like people you, you see that are, I guess, com- comedians or usually in comedy, but they're kind of acting drab and, and like, you know, too cool for everything. Yes. Yeah. You too know, cool like, to be funny. I mean, very Louis CK, like Louis is a good show, but still like it gets, it, it, it borders sometimes with some of that shit. And they're doing that a little bit. And then and it feels like there should be wackiness. And then they have Will Sasso's character, Gesh, and he's kind of the wackiness. Like, all of a sudden, he'll show up yeah. and be wacky because he's, like, you know, just popping pills at his work and driving around and crashing and, and stuff like that. But then, I don't know. It just felt like he, he was, like, a hint of it there that they had, and then it didn't have it a lot. Yeah. And... I don't know. It, it, again, like one one of the things that I like about it is Terry Zwigoff's the director, and I do, I do like his he he does have a weird style. I mean, he did like Ghost World and uh, Bad Santa and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of cool, but it didn't even feel like some of his stuff because some of his stuff might even be like usually it's like weirdly dark or I don't know a little bit better. I, I mean, again, it does seem like a it's a pilot, so it does seem like maybe there there could be some more there. Uh, it just didn't quite nail it, and it felt really long for only a thirty minute pilot. Yeah, uh, I think yeah, if I could just comment on Gesh's character, they do say like the two main guys they decide, hey. We need someone to do all the actual work, like <laughs> a right. real workhorse. And they're both like, <laughs> of right. course, Gesh. And he's, we've only seen him pop pills and drive his car off the road. He immediately antagonizes their employer. Uh, he yeah. isn't, uh, I don't know, he's not doing anything as far as I can tell. But they like persuade him. He's like, you can get all the weed you can smoke. And he's like, where do I sign? And like, yeah, has a few funny moments, but like, I mean, I guess that's what would happen in real life. It's like, like uh, I guess uh, it's the third person we know that we're bringing. You know, we don't. We only mm-hmm. know these. We only know and trust these people. Uh, but it wasn't really believable as such. But I guess they're all incompetent. So yeah, yeah. And then I mean, they set up the big mattress gag. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, it's like this thing is never coming off and then you know right it fell the end, off, mattress yeah. comes off and then the cops are on the case and then uh, we go to credits and yeah that's the end of the episode how crazy <laughs> is that that it, yeah. the episode ends with a long scene where they're driving and talking about computers and cabbage patch kids and then the mattress falls off and a cop sees it 
and drives off after them and then we pan to the sky and it's over so that mm-hmm. kind of tells us what this show is and that's why it's at my number four like i'm not gonna get excited for this show even though i feel the, the same as you said about vips could be good uh mm-hmm. it's just not that exciting yeah okay i mean i guess that's good on that one right yes third best show have you selected third best it? show uh, right. let's see if we keep the this could be where we divert a bit it but could uh, be. let's it could let's be. see yeah okay ready yeah three two one oasis the legend of last oh, legend there we go all right yeah. so here's where we break off i kind of mm-hmm. thought so yeah, I um, so too. All right, let's do... You said Legend of Master Legend. Let's do that first. Okay, so the reason I thought you might like this better is that it's about real-life superheroes, a concept of which I've learned <laughs> of through your <laughs> podcast show, Jim and Them, where for years you've been covering this phenomenon of people true. deciding to go out and fight uh, injustice, but it's not even like... It's not like Kick-Ass. It's not even like that movie Super. It's like reality uh because the real people they have youtube channels with about two or three hundred views on each thing so i felt jim has a personal attachment to this he can't see it clearly he's gonna put it higher up Uh, not only that it also takes place in las vegas my home true also true yes uh quick breakdown here from imdb based on a rolling stone article about real life superheroes this new 30 minute pilot centers on master legend a big-hearted, self-identifying superhero has dedicated to his life to defending justice and defeating wrongdoers on the mean streets of Las Vegas. Our hero seeks to reunite with his estranged wife and daughter, but is torn by his all-consuming and earnest desire to help others in need using his homemade Master Blaster gun and hand-to-hand combat. Uh, it goes on a little bit more, but that's kind of the basics right there. Yeah, See, yeah. someone actually like put in the work to write a thing out <laughs> yes. for their... For their for their page. Um, so tell us what you liked about it. Now, now I, I guess it works to talk about this next because this is also like the... Well, I mean, I guess the, maybe another one is also comedic as well. But this is more in line with the other comedies we talked about. But it has its own... T- I feel like it, it has its own tone. True. I really like the tone that it has. Um, because, yes, it's, it's a comedy, but it could easily just go... It could easily be going the way of like kind of wacky loser um which it does yeah but i feel like it reels it in and it has it has a little bit more heart behind it and and like i guess like what the the description said like it's a little bit more earnest with what it's trying to do so even though it has like this kind of loserish type stuff going on it i don't know it grounds it in a nice way that i when it honestly when the show started cuz this was like the second one i watched and when it started with like the cold open or whatever, I was ready to be like, oh, fuck this. Fuck this shit. Uh, but it turned me around. Part of it is the cast, though, too, because yeah. I really like um, John Hawks, the, the main dude who plays Master Legend. And I really like that actor that plays his brother, uh, Shea Wigman. He was in yeah, um, Boardwalk Empire. Boardwalk Empire, and he was on uh, the Vice Principals. He was great on oh, Vice yes. Principals. Remember, he was the like the boyfriend of his ex-wife or whatever. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, he was great in that as well. 
Uh, here is he's more like the character from Boardwalk Empire, like a big, yes. weird douchebag instead of the best guy ever, like in Vice Principals. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I agree with what you said, especially like it has its own tone and he's the main character is kind of pathetic, but he's kind he's a good person, too. But he's also flawed like he so it, there's enough layers going on. Uh, it's I guess it's a comedy, right? It's funny. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's just not a comedy in the way you'd expect. Like when you hear like, oh, there's a new comedy about a real life superhero. You, you kind of expect a little bit more of the obvious. And uh, yeah, I don't they don't lean into it as much as they could. And I think that's better um, because, yeah, like he Master Legend is pretty much a loser. But you buy you buy his want to be master legend like it makes sense because he is kind of getting something out of it and i i think he just it gets nailed towards the end of the episode where uh his daughter calls him a piece of shit and he's like you can still be a piece of stuff and make a difference like he's trying to make a difference in the world he's like you can still make a difference or help people in the world or something like that yeah and uh and like there's an i think there's also enough there like I like how they kind of introduce the character and we find out he's got his, uh, like he kind of does landscaping and like bullshit work around the city just to kind of be able to do his, what his real uh, love is being master legend. And he works with another guy who, who they hint at was brimstone at one time or another, but (laughs) now he's, you know, now he just drinks beer and he's got a wife and he's settled down. He doesn't need to do that anymore. And then, uh, there's, his brother or yeah his little brother peanut head who they keep I, I don't know if that's his superhero name or just his nickname or whatever <laughs> yeah. he gets yeah. out of jail and but there's more darkness with what peanut head wants to do he he wants to smash people's heads in and like be kind of like like super like you mentioned the uh, uh james gunn superhero movie it's more like if more of an earnest guy trying to do the right thing but then he has to deal with his his uh uh his sidekick who's who's a little bit more dark and may, yeah. may, i guess potentially could set up a super villain type s- scenario i mean there's there's enough there where you're like where i was like oh sweet i want to see the next episode i want to see where they go with this oh and yeah. he lives in a uh storage container or whatever he was <laughs> yeah with a homemade shower and a yeah. microwave and stuff i agree uh with what you said about the tone and it's like the i guess what you'd expect maybe is like the bad people would be a bit more cartoonish but here they're they feel uh extremely realistic like when his daughter is off with some guy and master legend shows up and starts spewing his heroic stuff at him saying hey you're a pedophile and he calls him a pedophile like three (laughs) times and the guy's like he doesn't want to fight this old guy he's just like get get out of here what are you talking about and then eventually he does it because he keeps provoking him and it's just believable in another uh version i'm sure it would have been like would you call me and then immediately like he's the bad guy but he's just a regular person too yeah uh so that's good i i think maybe this show is a bit too close to reality for me where i'm like mm-hmm. a little too depressed by the comedy <laughs> I uh, can see that. so i i still enjoyed it i just wasn't i was like oh i know it's i mean i know it's gonna happen kind of i felt like what well, well, also know. one of the things they do that i like about it is it's easy to because i mean he looks ridiculous 
And um, of course, most people are going to see him and be like, roll their eyes or be like, what's that loser? But they also hint that there's like a, a network of people that know and love Master Legend because some oh, people yeah. are like, Master Legend! <laughs> and, but it feels like real. And then he even has like the crossing guards like, Master Legend, I got to let you know what's going on. Like he's got eyes and ears like in different <laughs> locations and That's stuff. True. And even like the cop that picks him up, there's, there's a hint there's that history. He, he's, yeah, he's got a connection there. Mm-hmm. So there's enough, there's enough there where it's not played. I mean, you're right. It's definitely kind of depressing, but it's played that there's still like, there's a reason that some people do like him and he does do some good as well. Like he's not just a joke. That's true. So I mean, he, they do show his training and what they have like a thing that says a sign that says ISIS and they're shooting potato <laughs> guns at it and <laughs> yeah, and punching in walls and stuff. But yeah, yeah. I, I really dug this one. I'll say three and two uh, on my top list were probably the hardest for me to position. Uh, So am I going to guess that you're... Shall we do number two? I think we might be able to guess what each other's two is, maybe. Okay, Uh, yeah, because you said... Okay, yeah, let's do that just to to see where we're at. Okay. Three, two, one, Oasis. Oasis, right. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Well, right. I thought you were doing your two, but that's your three. But either way, oh, we all we both surprise. We oh, liked yeah, Amy stupid. Sherman Palladino. Yeah, I'm stupid. Uh, yeah, best. I was doing I was doing my two. <laughs> yeah, and you were doing I don't know what the fuck you were doing. <laughs> Whatever. Wait, no, you weren't doing your two. You were doing your three. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I was doing my th- my three. My we two already was... know. Like we already knew we were gonna like Amy Sherman Palladino's yeah. show best anyway. I'm sorry. So yeah, that's out of the way. My <laughs> two okay. is Legend of Master Legend. That's yeah, what mine's I was Oasis. To do. I so up. let's let's yeah, do Oasis a... next then. <laughs> All right. So Oasis. Uh, this was kind of like the one everyone was uh, like before they released. I think everyone was like, "Ah, oh, Oasis. It's the new, you know, sci-fi mystery." And I'm even this so thing, glad I don't pay attention to that. <laughs> basically, the breakdown on IMDb, a Scottish chaplain embarks on an epic journey through space based on Michael Faber's The Book of Strange New Things. So, yeah, they don't give you really a lot on that. No. This does have Rob Stark in it as yeah. the Scottish chaplain. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, it has Rob Stark in it. Rob Stark's on Earth. He's taking care of people in a world that's clearly gone asunder. I think it's 2030 or something. So a uh, pretty bleak outlook on wh- how it's going to be in just a few years. I think yeah. London's in ruins there. <laughs> uh, London eyes falling apart and all of that. But um, yeah, so so he clearly has some history with some rich person who runs or is involved in a space program because the lady comes to him with weird computers in her eyes and and tells well i guess everyone has computers in their eyes or the rich people mm, we don't it, it's like medium futuristic you know yeah where it's like barely it's like google glass but in your eye just a tiny step forward either way they're flying to space and uh I guess to another part of the galaxy through like a jump or a wormhole or something. Uh, We know it's super expensive to send people up there. And we know that the guy running it all, running this colony on a different world, he wants the chaplain to come up there, even though they never agreed before. And they obviously have a lot of history. Yeah. Yeah, there's some history. And he and excuse me, Rob Stark was kind of a he's like, this is, you know, this is everything that my wife and I were against. You know, we, we need to we need to focus on helping people here or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, there's an offer he can't refuse from his old friend who says he's exactly what Oasis needs right now. Oasis needs a man of faith. Yeah. And Rob Stark's wife uh, just passed away. So there's really nothing there for him. And plus there's an offer to make a huge donation to his church. 
and there's a lot of hungry people that need the help. So yeah, because Rob Starks take- knows that he needs to take care of his uh, children in the north uh, yeah. of England and all of that. So so he agrees to get in the shuttle and fly to space which is basically what happens for the rest of the show. But once he arrives, he figures out that space ain't all it's cracked up to be. Everyone's kind of upset to be there. It feels a bit like a Western because it's kind of like a desert landscape. Mm. They don't have any water. It's like a weird frontier outpost of humanity where they all like uh, have, have... Yeah, it's like a weird little society on a desert island or something. And it's not quite what you'd expect, right? Yeah, yeah, and I assume they're purposely vague about where they're going and, like, what the deal is, or yeah. maybe it just doesn't matter, because, like, I kept being like, wait, where are they going? Are they in Mars? No, they're not <laughs> on Mars. They went to some other place, but who knows? That's part of the sci-fi mystery, and then, you know, par, par for the course of the sci-fi mystery, everyone's very cryptic when you get to a place. Like, I feel like if I was on one of these places and then someone new came, I'd be like, Dude, you don't even understand what's going on. Like, I keep seeing dead people from my past. It's like nightmares are alive. But here, why did like, you come? Yeah. Turn around, take me with you. Here, here they're like, they're, yeah. yeah, they're kind of like uh, someone say something about nightmares, and the guy's like, yeah, nightmares, and everyone will laugh, and it's like, what? This and then place. they'll be like, what is that? You'll find out. Like even. Yeah. Dude, You're gonna need these sleeping pills. He, yeah, he first gives them, one's free. Yeah, he gives them meds. Like, yeah, you're on your own after this. He's like, what? What do you mean? You'll you'll figure it out. You'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, so yeah, everyone's having weird visions. Yes, and I guess like, I mean, I guess that's kind of the rub because I assumed oh, it's called Oasis, and Rob Stark's against it, and people are suffering on Earth. I assumed it was gonna go to this nice place, but then yeah. there'd be something dark underneath it. But it's like. No, it's not even really a nice place. Like you said, it's like a barren new frontier wasteland where they're, you know, struggling for water and they got to use the blue stuff or whatever to, to clean themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, 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 my main problem with it is just that I, I think it's introducing some new ideas, but uh, it didn't. It felt again, it felt like a little long, like it didn't feel like like when I watched the pilot for Lost. I was like, holy shit, what's going on? I need to see more of this. Yeah. It didn't, this didn't quite hit me with that. And I felt like they, the show feels like it is, but it really wasn't. It, it, I mean, it, it, de- it definitely is introducing a weird mystery where people are seeing like dead things from their past and it's kind of taking them over a bit and accidents are starting to happen. And there's, you know, the man who sent for Rob Stark is, he's gone out into the frontier and he's missing. So what's going on with that? What's he up to? Why did he... It was supposed to be an engineer that came up, but he sent up a chaplain. So everyone's yeah. kind of annoyed about that as well. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I I will also admit that even though it's my number two, I'm like less excited uh, than, than I could be. I don't know what it is, but I, I guess I like wide casts where... Or like st- stories that take place in cities and stuff, because I mm. uh, hear it's like, oh, it's kind of narrow. Maybe it's because I live in a wasteland, more or less. <laughs> it's just empty. You just see the same people. I can just imagine what it's going to be like walking in those corridors. Like, what's the potential for drama when all you can do is walk around and work on these flowers and drill a bit? Now, the big 
turn or whatever at the end is that uh, we are doing some light spoilers here, but as you know, this is only pilot episodes, so we haven't really, you know, there's yeah. not that much to spoil. But yeah, they, they keep seeing dead people, and in the end, he does see his dead wife. So, but for me, it's like, I, we know, like, I'm on board. I think it's good. I think it looks good. I, I even think it's probably going to be good. But what you said, it, it doesn't, like, the, the minutes don't just disappear. It takes a, it takes a while for all yeah. that to happen. And, and I feel like I know what is going to happen because, you know, clearly there are aliens. Like, stop me if I'm wrong, but there are aliens on this planet. They feed off memories or something and they make manifestations and it's going to be, how's that going to fit into the worldview of the humans with the faith and all of that? And how can they can they learn to live together with these imposters who take on the shapes of their memories and, and so on? Is that what it's going to be? I mean, that sounds very feasible. Like, I mean, the show's going for this whole... Like, I, I do like what they're trying to do with this science versus faith and how yeah. they intertwine and come together. But yes, the big reveal at the end is that he sees his dead wife, but we knew that... Was, once they once people started seeing dead things, we knew that was going to happen. So it doesn't come across as this, like, ah, give me the next one now. Yeah. It, just, it felt like something that should have happened halfway through. And then they could have given us a little bit more before it ended, and and and, it, and even like it it tries to spend time with some of these other characters to flesh them out a bit, but it doesn't come off that engrossing in the end as it should, as I, I as I feel like the show thinks it is. I mean, True. it's cool seeing Haley Joe Osment in it, and he's just being called like a fat piece of shit the whole episode, and an idiot, and he's dyslexic, and <laughs> the ladies oh, make yeah. fun of him for it. I mean, he's the uh, standout <laughs> character almost. Like he's the one who has the personality. Because say what yes. you want about the, I mean, the other characters, like the boss of the place, he's like this gruff guy. Like, oh, I won't do this. Okay, maybe I'll do it. And then there's the cop lady who clearly accidentally killed someone. You get the feeling this is a bit like Australia. It's like a prison colony or something. Almost <laughs> yeah. everyone fucked yeah. up and ended up here. Uh, so she probably did something wrong, and she's got her daughter. <sighs> so fascinating, and, but yeah, he, mean, he's actually a likable character that's there, and Rob's is also likable. The uh, like what you said, like with the aliens and stuff, it's probably very feasible. I would like to see, even though like, even though this is pretty much kind of more the OA, but I yeah. would like to see that it's just they're becoming closer to God or whatever, and it's like the spirituality stuff plays more into into what's going on. Yeah, but then again, it really would start to be OA territory in a way. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, he, the, the, before that, like the build up, I do like that it's like this the secrets, like what I tell you in the dark, speak into the light. I kind of like that type of stuff. And then he sees it's written in blacklight in the guy's room. Um, the other the guy who who puts his hand in the drill, he sees the Columbia TriStar horse, uh, <laughs> yeah, galloping through the desert at him. I mean. There's stuff there, but yeah, it just didn't really, it didn't fully grip me. And and yeah, like like you said, it is kind of our second best because there is potential there. But uh, as a pilot, it, I don't know. It's, it's yeah, I I thought it would. Uh, I almost expected it to end with him coming over a crest and he sees a big fucking alien city. Uh, that's what I thought. Uh, like that would almost be more of a thing where it would actually widen up stuff, and it would be like, "Holy shit, what's gonna happen now with all these fucking aliens?" Which yeah. is a bit simplistic considering what they, you know, are obviously trying to do. But I, I still was would have. I don't know if that would have been better, but I think it would have been gotten me more excited to see what happens next than uh, him seeing his uh, his old wife. 
who is bald and dead. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, then, and, and, and she was there with like a bunch of other robed people. So, oh, yeah. We'll True. see. You know, we'll uh, see. It's what I mentioned before that it's, it's, these shows sometimes feel like mashups. This is like they were like, well, what if we do science fiction, but we also make it about faith? And I think yeah. you, you kind of hit the nail on the head where it's got to be a bit more about that stuff than, I mean, I say this as the staunchest of atheists, that <laughs> there needs to be a bit more of that spirituality stuff, I suppose. Because uh, otherwise it's, I mean, it feels to me, I assume from my perspective, it's just going to be, oh no, it's just a psychic thing, but it goes in your yeah. head. That's yeah. what it, I would assume, but I guess we'll see. I'm, I, I assume it's going to get greenlit because it was pretty well put together. Yeah, I do. I assume. I assume it'll get picked up because it seems like the type of thing. It, it just it's it's a double edged sword because it is the type of thing I would like to see more of because it's kind of I do like this type of show. But then the other side of it is we see a lot of this type of show and usually it's not very good. So yes. I just hope that I, I saw enough that I feel like there's potential there and I hope I hope it's for the best. But we'll see. I agree. So now let's talk about our favorite show of the bunch, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Uh, First, I wanted to mention, I didn't know that it was our idol, Amy Sherman Paladino, behind the wheel. (laughs) And this is like a blind taste test, because you were saying, like, I don't know if I dare to watch this show. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to say anything. But then I I did say, okay, I really like that one. And then you told me what it was. Before I Mm -hmm. even finished watching the first episode, I was like, wow, a show where I start watching it, and I'm like... Oh, these minutes are just disappearing. It's the opposite <laughs> of what I was saying before. I was just moving forward, and I'm like, wow, I, I, you know, it's like 58 minutes or something, and I wanted to see more at the end of it. That hasn't happened in like six months. Yeah, yeah, and and my thing was because uh, I mean, if you've heard our previous shows, we talked about the Gilmore Girls re- revival, and yeah, we're big fans of Amy Sherman Palladino, and yes, I did know this was her show going into it, so it may have set a little bit more bias for me, but it's good to hear. You not knowing that you already were were on board with this. Now, w- with me, it was uh, the the start was a little opposite because I really want her to succeed. I'm a big fan of hers, and I was worried that I would watch this show and not like it. And when it started out, I probably wasn't completely on board. But the good yeah. thing about it is, even though I knew she worked on it, I didn't know anything else about the show. I knew it had something to do with like New York in the 50s or 60s, and that's really it, and like a Jewish family. That's all I knew about it. Yeah. And so uh, it kind of, well, the breakdown here, set in 1950s Manhattan, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is a 60-minute dramedy that centers on Miriam Midge Maisel, a sunny, energetic, sharp Jewish girl who had her life mapped out for herself. Go to college, find a husband, have kids, and throw the best Yom Kippur dinners in town. Uh, and I mean, that's kind of like the setup from the beginning anyway. So yeah, yeah, like when it started, because she's doing her own, her own wedding speech and it's, it's like, it's frenetic. It's completely that like Gilmore girls, her type of style where it's like fast. And it's also jumping around with like the flashbacks as she's telling the story. And I, I did like it, but I was like, uh Oh, <laughs> like, is this just going to be very, you know, reminiscent of things I've seen from her in the past and it is but in the right ways where it doesn't feel like we're in the same territory you know what i mean yeah and i I agree i had no idea that it was going to get into like you know stand-up comedy 
Yeah. Uh, so th- I don't know if you have the second half of that summary, but that is because to yeah. me, before you watch it, you were like, I think it's about Broadway or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, uh, no, it's about stand up comedy and like, I guess the emergence of it in a way, like mm-hmm. we're becoming what it's more familiar to us uh, as today. And uh, it's because her husband, yeah, as you said, it starts with the marriage. And I was kind of like, this fucking schmuck does not deserve this lady. <laughs> uh, sure enough, that is revealed to be the case where. Uh, she she's supporting his dream of being like a stand-up but uh and, and going to like he has a big advertising job and i didn't know what age or what time period this was exactly until i saw the husband in the office and i was like madman it's madman times uh <laughs> i guess it was a little off as the yeah. 50s instead of the 60s but still it looks very madman um and she supports him in everything she's the best clearly they go and do his stand-up and he's not very good. He's o- actually he's okay. But wait, a famous comedian is stealing his act, or maybe it's backwards. And we find yes. and I'm like even more like this guy is the worst. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like yeah. he's doing his act, and it's not good. But people are laughing, and I'm like, oh, okay, I guess people are laughing. And then she sees Bob Newhart on TV doing the same act, and 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 it's great because she's like, Bob Newhart stole your act, <laughs> and he's yeah. And then her dumb, uh, dumb husband's like. No, that's what you, that's what everyone does. You all and and it's funny because that I I think that's still what like idiots think now that, that yeah. they can go be a stand-up <laughs> comedian. They'll steal jokes and be like, "No, that's what everyone does." And it's great because she's like, "Why would you steal? Why wouldn't you just come up like and she has no like thought of comedy or anything like that besides just going to the clubs with her husband, but she's like, "No, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you just come up with your own stuff?" But she just trusts her husband. He's like, nah, trust me. You just steal other comedians' acts. That's how you get started. Everyone does it. And she tries to help him, and she's, like, writing little bits and and actually funny stuff because she's a funny person. And this is when I start getting, like, the shivers of, like... It's like a a story about a band or something where it's like, oh, wait, this guy plays the guitar. And it's like, oh, maybe, oh, and then they are going to get together and make something amazing. And that's when you see like the hidden talent of this person. And she's clearly very funny. And it's going to be about that. And that's when I'm even more on board with this story because obviously we're both. Uh, fairly into comedy despite trashing yes. every comedy pilot we ever <laughs> discuss we quite enjoy it actually so so um and we like her writing amy sherman paladino so it's like a match made in heaven as far as i'm concerned yeah that was a great uh, like like i said going and not knowing much about it and yeah i totally just assumed it was like broadway or musicals or something because that's kind of what they would do on gilmore girls and stuff like that yeah. but then the fact that it like was revealed it was kind of about the stand-up comedy scene and they even have like a guy playing Lenny Bruce in it. I was like, oh, wow, this is this is really cool. Um, and then there's even like little things that I, you know, I still thought they were funny, but I didn't quite get the joke because it's like a lot of weird like Jewish things. Because mm-hmm. I think even like having a, I was reading after having a Yom Kippur dinner is like the joke because Yom Kippur is like when they fast. Oh. And then, but they do have like a dinner that's called like when they break the fast, but it's not. Like, the joke is you wouldn't have a setting for Yom Kippur or whatever. And then just the goof of how, like, they tricked the rabbi in the beginning to eating shrimp or something like that. And it takes four years for them to get, <laughs> try to get back in his good graces. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then she's always good at having that, like, the, the main character and their parents. And this is a very different relationship than, say, like, Lorelai and her parents. But it's still, like, a fun... Like, Tony Shalhoub plays her dad. 
Um, and that was great. I, yeah, I'm not sure who plays her mom, but they like the the back and forth with that. What that's great, where she like once her husband leaves her, she goes to her parents, and her father's like, "I warned you about him," and it's like, "What? How did you warn me?" And he's like. I looked at him and I said, is he the one? <laughs> and you said yes. And, you know, it's just a big melodramatic, but like it all, it, it still feels grounded in a weird way. It's just this upper, upper class Jewish New York family and how it, everything's like melodramatic, especially when it comes to relationships, especially in like the 50s, because it plays in a lot of like the feminism type stuff, but not as on the nose as something like Mad Men. Like Mad Men sometimes would get too on the like, Hey, skirt, what are you doing? Or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And, and this is played differently where she's just trying to be the wife that she thinks she should be. You know, she gets up when her husband goes to sleep. She she sneaks into the bathroom and gets herself all done up or whatever. Oh, no. Yeah. She wakes up early to do her makeup and do her hair and then lay down. And it seems like she just woke up like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, little things like that. And then even the fact that when her husband leaves her. He takes her suitcase and, and puts all the stuff in it to leave because he's just a coward. He's like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Uh, and to clarify, he leaves her because he bombed at yes. <laughs> an open mic thing. Or, yeah. So he's the worst. Uh, but then it also comes out, hey, also, I've been cheating on you. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is why she has a breakdown after she's with her parents who tell her, hey, you have to get him back. We have to have the dinner and all of that. Uh, so she drinks some wine, goes and kind of goes to that club and drunk goes up on stage like, oh, so this is what it's all about. And someone says like, what's that? And she goes to the mic and then she just talks and does basically stand up without meaning to in a sequence that would be unbelievable if anyone mm -hmm. else had written it or put it together. Yeah, but absolutely. it totally makes sense the way it works here where she just starts riffing where could you imagine being in a situation where that would ever work in reality? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't work. Uh, so, but it does, uh, and it's actually great. It it all goes off the rails when she uh, takes her tits out, basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, without a license, cabaret license. So the cops are there, uh, conveniently, and arrest her, and uh, she goes to jail. So, and for like an hour or something. And then she gets bailed out by the bartender who sees the potential in her and she gives her this pep talk. Now, towards the end of the episode was the only part where it kind of lost me because uh, she, she talks to this mentor type figure who says, oh, you know, you really have it, toots. And then she's she kind of in a standard way refuses the call says, no, I could not possibly do that. But then she changes her mind, I guess. What happened? Well, she has the moment with Lenny Bruce, um, and and Lenny Bruce is the one. Well, actually, was that I'm trying to. Remember that's the now. thing. I'm. That's the thing. That's at the end, which doesn't quite add up to me. And also, I mean, uh, Lenny Bruce. That's the guy she's in, like in in the cop car with, and goes to jail with. Right. That's what. Yes. Happens. Yeah. But yeah. I didn't know. I don't know. I didn't know who that was, and I still like somehow at the end we were supposed to know that he was a comedian and she went and talked to him at the end but that's not even the turning point where she decides to do it she decides to do it first uh by going and taking notes and it's still all the same night i suppose yeah. and then she goes back to the lady and who is the voice of uh lois in family guy uh and plays the harp in uh, gilmore girls 
right? That's the or no. Yes, yeah, that's the no, that's her. You're right. Yeah, yeah. So she goes back and says, okay, I'll do it at this time. And then she goes to the police station and talks to this other character that we only saw for a second in the cop car. And she knows that he's a stand-up comedian. I don't think we've seen him uh, in the in the story except for when they, she got put in the cop car. And she has this big speech we of like, how did you know it was the we thing? We see and, him on stage. We see him on stage okay. during the husband's thing. And he's just, okay. I mean, I don't know Lenny Bruce's act, but he's just, you know, a comedian that was famous for being arrested for pushing the limits okay. uh, for comedy or whatever. Um, so he, it's kind of almost like a Forrest Gumpish type moment of like yeah. she had brushes with real like with real legends or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I, I was a little worried that they were going to try to play it up as some sort of romantic angle or something. And I guess maybe they still could, but they did show that he's married and it was more about him giving that like a little bit more sage wisdom, I suppose. Of like, you know, do you love it? And, you know, he kind of gives like a a roundabout answer. But the, yeah. you know, the idea is that, that you know, he loves it. But yeah, yeah you're right. Because now I'm, I'm kind of, I don't have the full notes on the, the series of events at the end. But yeah, I am a bit cloudy. Uh, the full, like, where she gets her inspiration. I do like that. She does go to the, the communist party that she gets invited to. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, basically, the, the, the vibe you get is that, you know, we're going to follow her on adventures and she's going to kind of get bits from, you know, going on her ad- adventures in 1950s New York. But and all like that, all that means all, all the things going on at that time and how that all comes together between that and her family and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. And and I don't know, like. You could definitely see an like an Amy Sherman Palladino female lead. Like they have a lot of similarities yeah. with like the rapid pace. But she's some like this the the actress she found, which I think she was on House of Cards. She was the I had yeah. to look it up to see who she was in House of Cards because I did not recognize her at all. Uh, but yeah, she's in House of Cards. She was in hiding, like she could yeah. she could do damage to the administration or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she's great in this. Like I don't know how they find these people that can nail like they nail this character and this dialogue because it's got to be quick. You got to be likable. You got to kind of get like have the whole show on your back. And yeah. uh, I, and she's great in it. And and like you said, like, I mean, like she pulls her tits out. So there's nudity in it and there's a lot of cursing. So it was weird to have that Gilmore Girls vibe, except yeah. with like cursing and nudity. <laughs> It was great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And we, speaking of, like, she clearly has her stable of actors that she draws from. For example, there's the girl from uh, Faking It as a side housewife, the blonde girl. She's mm-hmm. in every Amy Sherman Paladino thing now as well. Uh, yeah. She's in Bun- Bunheads and Gilmore Girls, the new one. And just in general. But yeah, I, I don't know if they've collaborated before her and the main actress. But either way, as you said, she does great. The only thing that was a downside to this was that I felt the ending was rushed. They wanted yeah. to get to that moment, and it, mm-hmm. that was more like that should have been the climax of episode two when she tries to do stand up, and it, now that she's not doing it naturally, it doesn't work for some reason. So she goes and talks to this legend who she's been locked up with maybe another time, and we see him, and then she, he gives the speech, and then she gets her new motivation, something like that, mm-hmm. uh, maybe because it felt kind of pushed in right at the last minute. Uh, it was a good moment, but not in the context of how much time it had, like. We we only we didn't have time for it basically. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. Um, and I I do like the potential with um, 
excuse me, the Alex Borstein character, Susie, that's, she's the one who's the uh, voice on Family Guy, and yeah, she was the harp player. And she yeah, also and- played, um, on Gilmore Girls, she's also like the old lady that is like designs uh, dresses or whatever for, for Lorelai, and she's always calling her like, you're like a young Cleopatra, whatever, I don't know, that character. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's there a bunch of times. <laughs> it's, um... What was I going to say? Oh, they have a good dynamic, those two characters as well. And that's clearly going to be a big part of the show. She's going to be the manager. And I look forward to that. I look forward to a lot of things because, as you said, it could be like about her life in this time, the things that happens and how she translate that, how she translates that into like an act and how it goes with that. It's like got the sports movie elements of like doing well, doing poorly and then real life. And I'm really excited. And on the upside, I said it was rushed at the end, but they're going to have time this is the first time I've ever heard of a show getting double greenlit. Haven't yes. said they haven't said anything about the other shows as far as uh, when we're recording this, but uh, we just heard that this show is getting two seasons. That's awesome. How exciting is that? Yeah, it's that's so great. great. Yeah, I'm, uh, so, I'm I'm excited for that. And and I think um, I mean the obvious thing they'll be able to to play off of as well is you know being a woman in the 1950s, especially in the comedy scene. But the good thing is I, I trust, especially based on this pilot, it's going to be handled well and not kind of obvious Yes. Uh, as far as like dealing with, you know, being in a boys club or whatever. Because I, even though Mad Men was pretty good at it, I feel like there was a lot of times where it was just a little too on the nose. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I look forward to like everything they're going to do. And I'm super excited, excited that it got picked up for two seasons. That's great news. Yes. Oh, it's going to be good. It's going to be good, Jim. <laughs> yeah. We have a lot to look forward to. Uh, and oh, my God. We're, we're excited for something. Can you believe yeah, it? Yeah, I know. It's strange. Can, can Honestly, you believe we're strange. positive? And even on the thing, I think even on this episode, even on the things we're not fully on board with, I feel like we're pretty positive about it. Yeah. And it feels like it's a pilot, uh, believe it or not, because these don't look like pilots at all. And I, oh, I yeah. suppose, I haven't, I, what's the deal? Do they use them as the first episode? They must, right? I'm pretty or sure they, they do because I, yeah. I, years ago, I watched the pilot for Mad Dogs and uh, mm-hmm. it was pretty much the same thing. Although maybe they reshot it because I think they had a new actor, but it was pretty much exactly the same thing. Yeah. That makes sense because this is a huge uh, production and maybe that's why they're green lighting everything. It seems like everything's like, yeah, sure, just do it. Why not? We got money, <laughs> yeah. uh, which is good uh, in cases like this. Uh, oh, side note, I did see that this probably is not going to bode well as far as making more Gilmore Girls because I, yeah, I heard Netflix true. were Netflix were kind of like looking to get some more Gilmore Girls, but I don't know if it's going to pan out. Like, first off, even though I love it, I don't think we need it. Yeah, uh, what do you I think? agree. I, yeah. I would, I would absolutely love more Gilmore Girls, but yeah, it, it, I've, they gave a, the revival I thought was great and it was a fitting end. And if it, as long as I get more, the thing I, I just want Amy Sherman, I don't know this lady, but I'm rooting for her all the time. Like I yeah. said, I think I, we talked about on the podcast, like she should be Joss Whedon. She should be getting whatever offer she wants and making stuff. So if I get a new show from her and I love the pilot, so I'll take it. I'll, I'll absolutely take that. And I guess in a, in, a, in a way, I prefer it. Exactly. And Gilmore Girls has been around so long that it's getting into the territory of like, we don't need to keep it alive. We need to get excited True. for new things. Absolutely. But that's so rare these days, and that's why it's extra great. 
yeah, we have a lot to look forward to. Now, do you agree, disagree with our listing? Send us your top five to showswhatyouknowshow at gmail.com or just leave it in a comment. Yeah, we read them all, I promise. Uh, (laughs) And you can also send us suggestions for shows. You can check out Jim's superhero discussions at jimandthem.com. I have a website, awesomepedia.org. We both have YouTube channels where we do lots of stuff, but I think that pretty much sums it up. Uh, Thank you for listening. Thanks.